right, thank you for joining us, and welcome to the Legal Technology Review Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Folk, civil litigator and author of the Cyber Advocate blog, your really best resource that I can think of, or best resource at the very least that I could write, for legal service professionals to better use technology to improve service. Speaking of improving service, there's something that a lot of marketers have tried to sell to lawyers, and most have failed miserably, and that's search engine optimization. Digital marketing is not something that lawyers have put a lot of emphasis in or even to this day have much faith in because it's hard to know what works and it's hard to understand why something would work and another wouldn't. Probably the biggest reason I'm very excited to speak to our guest this week, uh, Mr. Dan Weeks. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You know, I'll tell everyone in the audience this. I read just a very brief uh, interview about the new system that you're offering that you put together for ranking and reviewing websites called Lawyer Marketing Score. And I immediately sent you an email and said, hey, I, I've just got to have you on the podcast. This sounds like an, a really cool tool for lawyers to use. What exactly is Le- Lawyer Marketing Score? Uh, so basically what we do is we benchmark the efficacy of the online marketing effort, um, but we put it in context with your local competition. And what we mean by that is if you're in Los Angeles and you're a personal injury attorney, we take a look at how many clicks you're getting from Google, how much traffic are you getting from search engines, and are you doing best practices on your website? But not just giving you that score in isolation. We actually show, okay, how are you doing versus the attorney across the street? Um, And often seeing in context, hey, I'm doing well here, but I'm not doing well here, is exactly what the attorney needs to be able to have that dialogue with their internet marketing provider about why am I lower than I'd like to be here or what else do I need to do to be able to be ranked higher than the person across the street? I didn't know that they were actually getting twice the number of clicks from Google that I was. Because what I've learned is, you know, the attorneys often wish the yellow pages still worked. (laughs) (laughs) They would write a check and the phone would ring for a year. That's a pretty big check too, though. Now, yeah, it was, but they had some confidence. Um, What we're really doing with Lawyer Marketing Score is we want thousands of lawyers to more confidently embrace internet marketing. And I I think that only happens with independent metrics that isn't coming from a vendor who's trying to get you to change vendors. Our, Our goal isn't really to get you to change vendors. It's to have confidence that what you're doing is working. And if not, you actually can talk with your vendor about where you're concerned. I've heard from many lawyers, they feel like then online marketing vendors are speaking a different language than they are. So our challenge is provide the data in a way that makes sense for the lawyer, but is actionable for the online marketing vendor at the same time. One funny thing I would say is that uh, anytime a lawyer suggests that someone speaking to them is not speaking the same language, my general feeling in this, you know, coming out of law school, it's not the other person that's speaking a language that's incoherent. Um, <laughs> That was one of the funniest things that, that, that one of my instructors used to say. It's like, all right, you're going to graduate from law school, and you want to go out and try cases in front of a jury. Well, law school teaches you how to think, write, and speak like an appellate court judge. There are literally 50 people in the entire country for whom that is a valuable skill. Yeah. What you need to do is now relearn how to speak to someone like 
any normal person. Go talk to someone at a bar. If you were explaining <laughs> to the jury, you explain your case to them as though you were sitting next to them in a bar, yeah. not as though you were trying to demonstrate how pretty the words that you know are. Um, so how'd you get into this? What problem did you see that you said, this needs to be solved and I think that I can do something about it? Great question. So a little bit about my background will help. I was 25 years at Hewlett Packard, my degrees in computer science. I left HP to create my first startup, which is an AVO for financial advisors. We scraped data across the internet. We really mapped out how well financial advisors have done in terms of certification. Do they have any complaints with the SEC, with FINRA? We've mapped out for financial advisors, similar to what Avo's done for lawyers. Through that process, we really learned about search engine optimization. That uh, company I started, Brightscope, gets a half million visitors a month now. And so when I decided I want to move on from Brightscope, use the knowledge from Brightscope in a new area. A good friend of mine is a personal injury attorney. And he said something to me that was very insightful. He said, Dan, I don't know if I should fire my SEO company or recommend them to my closest friends from law school. <laughs> and, and I said, what? <laughs> and, he, and I said, how much are you spending? And he said, $3,000 a month. And then I started going deeper. And the deeper I got into it, I realized if you're a lawyer, you really don't have a great process to figure out, should I hire vendor A, B, or C? And for $2,000 a month, should I get this level of service or that level of service? And then I knew with my benchmarking background, the data is available. But the only way this data would really work is it must be three things. First, it needs to be hyper-local. And what I mean by that, within each region, there are different search terms that are important. And it also needs to be tied to a vertical market. You know, for personal injury, there's very different terms that are important for DUI. Um, and the third thing is it needs to be relative. For me to give a five-page report to an attorney of all the areas that their website could be better, that's not actionable. But if I make it relative, to their competition, they immediately, they're a very competitive group. They immediately say, what do I need to do to at least go ahead of these other two firms? So if I hadn't done Brightscope, I wouldn't be thinking benchmarking. And I started that in 2008. I guess the question I have from there is, there are plenty of, of what seems like website graders and various things like that available. How familiar are you with those other systems? Oh, very much. There's three components to the lawyer marketing score. The first one is clicks from Google. But when we say clicks from Google, they're actually transactional keywords in your local market tied to your practice area. No other tool does that. The second component of our score is how much traffic are you getting from um, find a lawyer directory services? No other service does that. The third component is website best practices. Every other tool does that. Website best practices, the challenge we've seen in the actual data, you can get really high scores for website best practices, but when you look at how much traffic you're actually getting from the keywords, you could be very low because they didn't optimize the use of the keywords correctly, which the typical applications that let you rate a website don't think vertical market, 
They don't think local. They don't think clicks from Google. They look at more checklists. When you talk about the checklist that you normally get, any legal marketing expert, you can all automatically set aside any black hat tricks. Anytime you hear anyone promise you that they can yeah. make you number one yeah. on a Google search, you should throw them out of your office and never have them back. That's my personal opinion on that because the bottom line is Google has made it so that no one knows for certain what each one of their criteria is in their algorithm. Correct. And they change it so frequently. Correct. So once you've thrown out all of the, the marketing people who are going to try to use black hat techniques, most of which don't work anymore, uh, like essentially buying links and <laughs> various things like that, what basic marketing SEO expert checklist areas do you think are overused or do you think at the very least for lawyers are something that, that they just, you know, they should almost put with the with the black hat as just, just throw them out, don't, don't use it, don't look at it? Great question. I think... Um, one of the big mistakes a lawyer can make, especially in a very competitive area, is optimize for the exact same keyword like personal injury lawyer versus going work injury attorneys, work injury attorney, singular and plural, work injury lawyer, singular and plural. I've seen success with smaller law firms that they were very targeted on a subset of all the keywords as opposed to be one of 1,100 law firms who have on their title of their homepage, Atlanta personal injury lawyer. So, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to pick your battle. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if you don't have a, a, a large budget, you need to go more narrow. The other thing is if you blog, which I think is important, make sure your blog is something that others actually think is worth linking to. Too often lawyers blog about the next place they're going to talk or the next thing they're going to do, and it's not linkable content. I think Google loves ongoing content on your website, but make sure that when you create that content, Google thinks it's important because Google looks very closely when you put new content. Did anyone point at it? And Google's also very smart, like you said earlier. If you have a lot of links, but the links have no semantic connection to what your website is, that's the type of things that Google can penalize your site for. So, you know, it's important when you get links to the website. The best thing a lawyer can do is get local links get links from the Chamber of Commerce, get links from people in their own local area because Google realizes you're a local company and you're relevant locally. But you just make sure your content's linkable. It's not boring list of here were the accidents in the last week in our county. Or it's like I wouldn't put my blog on my law firm website because as a primarily insurance defense and business litigator, very few of my clients are going to be interested in hearing exactly how they can make their law firm better by using technology right because it just doesn't make sense if you're going to blog on your site about your practice you're not going to be blogging to other lawyers you're blogging to your target clients and i think that's something that's missed by a lot of lawyers but yep yep so now we've we've talked about kind of the problems with some of the seo checklist approach how does lawyer marketing score set itself apart from not just the other marketing experts but those specifically those other website graders well i think the difference is because we are focused at law and initially at personal injury within law, and um, we've mapped out all 210 metro areas in the United States, we really don't have direct competition at that level, A. And then B, 
Um, because our whole user experience is designed for lawyers, we're not going to give you a seven-page SEO list. You know, we've, we're working very hard. We're in private beta right now. And the key things that we're doing in private beta is we have all the data, but we're working with the lawyers on how to provide information to them that's actionable, still enabling them to have that authentic conversation with their vendor of online marketing vendor on how to move the the ball forward to improve results. So I think all of the website graders are interesting. What I've seen is lots of websites get similar scores um, with that. And I think, you know, for the lawyer, the bottom line is, am I getting leads? Is my website giving me traffic? You know, for example, I see a lot of websites that get high domain authority, which is a technical term um, of how many quality links do you have to your website. But I also see many high domain authority personal injury websites are low in clicks. Those are things that could be optimized because they've done the hard work. Mm -hmm. They've got links, but they're not getting traffic. We are talking to Dan Weeks founder, well, creator of Lawyer Marketing Score, a website grader for law firms. You're listening to the Legal Technology Review. Stick around. You're listening to Legal Technology Review on the Cyber Advocate. Don't forget to follow all the latest on tools and technology for legal service professionals at www.thecyberadvocate.com. Okay, we're back talking about lawyer marketing score with Dan Weeks. Dan, I want I want to get a little bit of an idea of what your your background prepares you for this kind of thing. Earlier, you described the system that you created in your first startup. Mm-hmm. What specifically did that first system you put together do, and how did you use that in lawyer marketing score? Well, I, I think the the key thing I learned from Brightscope is you have to find the data sources, and what I've learned is many of the data sources are public but they're very difficult to access public. For Brightscope, we had to use the Freedom of Information Act to get the initial data to know what are the investment choices in a 401k. It, it was public, but not easy. Yeah, and those, uh, those FOIA requests aren't exactly the speediest things ever either. Yeah. So what we found early in the process is they get, there's a 30-day limit to that. And we'll often find close to day 30 that we did something wrong, which reset. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you learn, you learn along the way. So I realized, you know, big data is all about combining data sources where you get one plus one equals seven. And often those data sources are difficult. The big So what I learned is it's okay to get data sources that are hard to access because your value will be much higher. How this ties back to lawyer marketing score is we have to use pretty dedicated, detailed third-party services that let us track keywords one location at a time. And we did that across 210 locations for the actual keywords that are important in that location. And right now for personal injury, we have over 15,000 keywords we've mapped. And we track those daily. Here's one question I've got about keywords. And this is something that I'm interested in tracking analytics of even for my blog. And, and we discussed before we talked about how yep. podcasts are really difficult to track. So uh, no one will know exactly how far into this interview anyone listened. But um, how do you deal with uh, Google and you know Bing and 
in Atlanta, what we do is actually override the location for the Google search. So Google thinks we're in Atlanta. And then when we do personal injury lawyer, we track who are the top 100 URLs coming back for personal injury lawyer, but in Atlanta. Well, I think that's actually a phenomenal <laughs> way of looking at it, the difference between what lawyers will usually look at something and the way they should be looking at something. It doesn't matter what you think, it matters what your clients see. Too many law firm websites are designed like this. When a lawyer looks at the law firm website, they puff out their chest a little bit and they're proud of it because yeah. it makes them look so prestigious and their prospective clients could not care less about that. What they care about is whether the website answers their questions and whether yep. it makes them think that the lawyer can help them out. So describe what exactly Lawyer Marketing Score does. How does it work step by step? Great. So there's three components. Uh, the first component is looking at the clicks from Google. And there's four steps to that. Um, step one is we have to figure out for each metro area, and there's 210 of them, what are the keywords that are tied to personal injury that are transactional. And what I mean by transactional is the actual search has the word lawyer, law firm, or attorney in it. And the search term also has words like accident, injury, slip and fall, medical malpractice. These are searches where someone's raising their hand and goes, I'm ready to find an attorney in this area. So we start with that list, and then we use Google's Keyword Planner to find which of those keywords within the region actually have a suggested bid from Google of above $10 so that they're actually important terms, that there's a market value. Many of the terms that come back from Google have no suggested bid, which could be easy terms to rank for, but they're not necessarily that important. What we try to do is say, if there's a suggested bid on the term, and the higher that suggested bid is from Google, the more your local competition thinks this keyword's important. So ideally, what you want is your SEO efforts to get you a lot of clicks from those same keywords that would be very expensive if you use AdWords. We, we actually mentioned this when we first talked was uh, the idea that I uh, find a great keyword in, if you're if you're interpreting great as no one else is here. It's, it's the old Dean Smith thing. It's, Coach, I, I'm open. And Dean Smith yells back, there's a reason you're open. Pass the ball. Yeah. yeah if, they, if no one else is trying to pay for it and you know you jump in on this brand new keyword that you love, um, there's probably a reason why no one is willing to pay for it at this point. Now, there's always going to be you know, your, your diamond in the rough. Every once in a while, you're going to see Bill Lambier shoot a three-pointer for, for the Pistons <laughs> and make it. Mm -hmm. But they only it only happens three times over an enti entirety of an NBA career, that kind of long shot ranking. So once you've determined the keywords for each of the metro areas, what's the next step? So what we do is then we figure out which law firms are actually ranking for each of the keywords. In L.A., for example, we're tracking over 300 keywords. So once you know law firm ABC Law is showing up for 27 of the 300 keywords, we use research that other companies have done. Fine Law actually did a very nice detailed analysis of over 2 million visits to law firm websites of what percentage of the clicks go to the number one ranking website in Google, Google number two, number three, number four. We use that data to just basically normalize. If you're ranked number one for this keyword, but number five for this keyword, 
we can estimate how many total clicks you have. But where it gets real interesting is then we do that for every other law firm in that metro area, and now we have a stacked order. And I'm assuming that uh, Find Law's results were rather similar to most of the other studies that say that ranking number one or at least ranking above the fold so no one has to scroll is so considerably better. Yes, you'll get clicks on the second page, but the bottom line is the substantial clicks are on that first page. That That's definitely true. The nice thing about Fine Law's data is, like I said, it was over 2 million visits to websites. It's in a white paper tied to the futility of long tail search or something like that. It was an excellent white paper. But the idea is this is actually for someone looking for a law firm, which could have a different search behavior than someone looking for any other product on the internet. So I think that's that's a very good data source. I've looked at four or five other surveys. They're all similar. Mm-hmm. You know, the key thing is I consistently do it for every website. So even if my weightings are different, I'm doing the same weightings for everyone. And to a large degree, it's not about how many clicks I estimate. It's just once I add it up, where did you fall on the sorted list? This is one of those few circumstances where everyone's happy you're grading on a curve. Yeah, it, it's it's totally grading on a curve. But, you know, what I've seen when I'm about to publish my results of the top five markets for personal injury and who are the top five law firms. And what's very interesting in many of the markets, the number one law firm gets a incredibly high percentage of all the clicks. By the mm-hmm. time you get to number five, yeah. like 90, 90% of the clicks are already taken by the top 10. Yep. So so the ones who do well that are small, like I said earlier in the podcast, they focused. They went narrow and it might only be across the 300 keywords. They did well on six, but they did really well on those six. All right. Well, we're talking to Dan Weeks about his tool, Lawyer Marketing Score, and how it can help law firms determine whether or not their internet marketing spend is really reaching anybody and how they can improve that. You're listening to Legal Technology Review, powered by the Cyber Advocate. We'll be right back. If you're enjoying this podcast, head over to iTunes, look up the Legal Technology Review, and leave us a rating and review. While you're there, you can go ahead and subscribe to the Legal Technology Review podcast and never miss an episode or any of the great information on tools and technology for legal service professionals. All right, we're back with Dan Weeks, uh, talking about lawyer marketing score. Dan, we talked about the idea of taking your keywords, finding out how you know how many clicks each keyword gets for each metro, finding out your metro area ranking. What's the next step once you've got that ranking determined? Um, then there's two other attributes that we combine. The next one is directory services. That's really important for lawyers. Um, you know, and what we've done is we've segmented directory services into free directory services and paid. When I look at who's getting clicks, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the huge law firms are getting a large percentage of clicks, but directory services like Avo, FineLaw, um, Lawyers.com are consistently in the top 10 for lots of the very important terms. So what I wanted to do for the lawyers is to help them know, you know, if you're a small law firm, you know, you can always run AdWords. Uh, but there's a lot of work of figuring out the keywords. Another alternative, step one, is get in the free directories. 
But what we do for the free directories, we actually track within your metro area, what degree of coverage did you have in the directory service? Are you in a wide variety of the personal injury terms or just one? Are you in multiple big cities in your region or just one? And then we do the same thing for ads. If you do an ad with an AVO or a fine law, you would be on the first page, which that's where you want to be in the directory service, not on the seventh page. It's very similar to, do you want to be ranked sure. on the seventh page in Google or the first page? See, that strikes me as a very uh, effective way of telling somebody, okay, when you're ranking those directory services, even in a certain area, you could say, yes, AVO is very well known. AVO is going to send a lot of things to certain websites, but maybe also for your particular area of practice, AVO doesn't rank very highly or they, you know, for certain keywords that, to find out, but lawyers.com is, is much better. To, to even be able to say one or the other is more effective for what you're looking at now, that, that's remarkably powerful. That's, that's a great pr- point, Brian, because, you know, in that research that I did for the top five regions is very interesting. LA is by far the biggest region tied to personal injury spend and in keywords. What's interesting is, you know, the normal three players you see a lot are Avo, Fine Law, and Lawyers.com. In LA, Yelp is higher than those other three, hmm. but not in the other ones. Everyone's talked about how Yelp is supposedly the number one referral source for internet, internet referral source for lawyers, but I hadn't seen it. That's really, that's really interesting. But it was only one metro. Huh. So when we looked in New York City, it was very low in New York City. And we also looked at Houston, Dallas, and Chicago. But it was an anomaly in Los Angeles. But, you know, the fact that they did it in the most competitive market was very interesting. Hmm. There's also other services like Thumbtack that you can see showing up in some locations and not others. But it's you're insightful in that we would actually know in your metro area who's actually getting the most clicks for personal injury across the long tail of keywords because we know it because to us the directory service is just like a law firm you know we're able to estimate their clicks just like a law firm well and it's that's i and that's particularly important because most of those free services are what i would call similar to the most popular apps now is freemium because right you want to profile on avo you need your profile to rank highly and the way to get your profile to rank highly usually kind of like with yelp involves the voluntary purchase of some recommended services um, that helps you boost your ranking a little bit, uh, helps you boost your rating a little bit, and gets you more more people. So they're free to sign up for, but to really get the most out of is going to cost you something. And so I think that there, you know, and that's not unlike any other advertising platform right. in reality. So I'm not actually passing any particular judgment on it in that if it sounds that way, but the limited ad spend that you've got, you got to know where to put it. Right. And I just think being involved in ads and directory services is more like writing the check to YP or Yellow Pages 10 years ago. You know, you're, you're, it's kind of on autopilot and there are good metrics that you'll get on an ongoing basis where I know a lot of lawyers who've tried AdWords dabbled and then they go off and then they go many months without trying and then they dabble again. It, you know, it's, it's, it's more complex. <laughs> so beyond the directories, what's the last step? Best practices. We look in four areas. The first one is we really look at what Google thinks about your site. Um, three measures we get directly from Google. What does Google think your speed is, both from a desktop and mobile? Yep. And what does Google think your mobile usability score is? Yep. 
If you're weak on any of those three, Google is going to be less likely to give you clicks. This, and it's getting more and more so. They're going to continue punishing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice is we just use an API and, and we combine those. And then there's third-party services like WooRank that provide a single number that tries to look across and like, is your title the right length? It, it goes over 70 different attributes, kind of checklist attributes on your website, just to say, whoever set your site up, like for example, keyword stuffing in your title, you know, some lawyer titles on their website have the list of every practice area and every city in the region. Well, Google doesn't like that. These other tools will flag that. So that's the first component. The second one is link building. And it's not the total number of links. It's the authority your website has, you know, tied to what you said earlier. It's much better to have a small number of high authority links to your website than a large number of links from websites that have nothing to do with law. Yep. Google, Google sees that. And so for link building, we put in context, how high is your domain authority and page authority versus the other law firms? I refer, to that, I refer to that as kind of a strength of schedule yeah. um, no, it's uh, assessment. It's your, your, a victory matters based not just on what score you put up, but on what team you put that score up against. So, you know, putting huge numbers up against a really, really bad team is not going to matter in the grand scheme of things compared to a close win against a team that was ranked much better than you. I think that's a great analogy because this link building score, because we make it color-coded, that's one of the most tangible things that you can do as a lawyer or a law firm with your internet marketing vendor to say, well, why is the link building score green for the lawyer across the street and it's only yellow for me? Um, do, again, link building's hard. Mm -hmm. But if you tell a law firm your domain authority is a 51, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> but if it's a yellow and you know the guy across the street's a green, now you finally know. We're talking to Dan Weeks about lawyer marketing score. I'm going to uh, ask him some questions here about what skeptical lawyers have said to him about this. And I also want to know kind of what his take is on the future. And we'll, we'll be talking about that in just a second here on the Legal Technology Review podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Legal Technology Review on any of your favorite podcast apps or over at iTunes. Just search for Legal Technology Review or The Cyber Advocate. Also, don't forget, you can get all the information on the latest tools and technology for legal service professionals at www.thecyberadvocate.com. All right, we're back on the Legal Technology Review podcast talking to Dan Weeks. Dan, break it down for me now in a way that lawyers would understand, and I'm not sure if there's a way to do that, but we'll try. Why is Lawyer Marketing Score good for lawyers, and how can it really help a law firm's digital marketing? I think the reason it's good is just to give you an independent free assessment of where you stack up. And I think that's, you said something important there that I mentioned to ask earlier, independent. There's something about getting advice about your website from the person who didn't, from a person who didn't design it. Yeah. That, uh, you know, you can, someone else can run all the tools they want, but there's always going to be a bit of a bias from, from your internet marketing company uh, towards their own websites. Yep, that's totally true. So beyond the independent review, how does this tool help law firms with their digital marketing? 
So one of the things we're defining now during our private beta is what type of ongoing tracking does the law firm want to see? You know, for example, um, on a monthly basis, we can do a report that says versus your competition, you've actually dropped 10 points in the last two months. They often wouldn't know that unless there was some going ongoing assessment. That's one of the things we can do. The way that we make money is really down the road if and when the law firm says, I'd like to be able to get a quote from a high-scoring internet marketing vendor, can you help lawyer marketing score? And one of the things we've heard from the lawyers is they often want, who are the highest-scoring online marketing vendors that aren't yet in my region for my practice area? And they want an edge. I I'm, I'm just have to say that does sound like a slightly more detailed and involved question and more business savvy question than I've heard most attorneys ask about digital marketing. Well, what I've seen is the attorneys, the attorneys say, if you're going to make a recommendation, I, they, they often do not want someone, the vendor who's with the person across the street because mm -hmm. they, they, they're worried about loyalty. Um, so at the very least you ever wonder why all the websites look roughly the same. Right. So, so I, I, I think what we really want to do, our primary focus is the vision for the company is thousands more lawyers confidently embracing internet marketing. I, I think the percentage of lawyers, I would say, that are confidently embracing internet marketing now is a couple percent because it's, it's complicated and they get contacted daily to do something completely different. And they have vendors constantly saying, change vendor, change to me, change to me. I would rather help you know, how's it going with what you're currently doing? Because I've heard lawyers say, I'd rather stay with my current vendor and get higher results then go through the hassle of shifting. And it might be, you know, when you work with your current vendor and you realize it's not converging, that's when you can say it's it's time to jump. But I think day in and day out, they're getting hit by people saying jump to my firm, but they have no thought process, no heuristic to figure out, oh, I'm going to pick you versus you. Everything kind of sounds the same. All the vendors are claiming similar results, but there's no way to measure well, and I think that's one of the things that was important you discussed there is saying over the past two months, something may have changed yep. for attorneys to realize that these algorithms are constantly are constantly adjusting. It's Google is notorious for changing theirs yep. all the time. And I mean, it's one of the most one of the big ones recently is all the law firms who have constantly been saying, well, why have a social media presence? Social media advertising is worthless, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, turns around and Google basically triples the value of social media links to your website in their algorithm this past April. And all of these law firms that a simple basic effort to have a presence on social media was ignored. And now they don't have <laughs> that that presence that's necessary to boost the rank. How do you factor for that, the the changes in algorithm? Is that is that something you, you help inform law firms about? Well, good question. I mean, we're in the process of building our social media presence for lawyer marketing score now. You know, we're on SlideShare, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think we are positioning ourselves as independent thought leadership. And I think part of our social media is going to be tied to the changes Google is making. Google recently made a change 
where if you searched like my earlier example of personal injury attorney and you're in Atlanta, it used to be you would get seven listings tied to the Google map that would be right near the top of the organic results. Google recently shortened that list from seven to three. So if your law firm used to be in position four, five, six, or seven in Atlanta for those Google map searches, the day Google made that shift, you might have gone from the first page in Google to the seventh page. And if you work for Google, by the way, and you're in the audience, I just want to let you know I hate that. Google Maps is how I look for things. And so now <laughs> that I only now when I only see three, I, I yes, it may have been a little cluttered, but I love that. I love that feature of being able to see all those things. So change that back. But sorry, Dan, I, I, just, well, I needed to throw that in there. It's going to change constantly over time. So the, the big thing is ongoing tracking um, and just knowing on a regular basis, am I still relevant? You know, are there keywords that I could focus on that are less competitive, the volume's less, but I have a better chance of making the first page in Google. If you're in a large market, you have to be very strategic of where you focus in your keywords because you got a lot of other smart people thinking the same way. Now, Dan, so you mentioned that you're in private beta. What do you see as the... uh... What's in the immediate future for uh, Lawyer Marketing Score? Great question. So when we shift from private beta to an open beta, we'll give direct access nationwide to all the attorneys specifically tied to personal injury initially. And then we'll add other practice areas. Um, We'll add DUI, criminal defense, um, other areas within law. Beyond law, I think the next step will be dentists and doctors. I've done the analysis. Lawyers are the number one vertical in terms of use of internet marketing. Um, But in talking with lawyers, I think they're the most frustrated. Um, When you talk with doctors, and dentists, they're similar in their spend. Um, They're just not as competitive (laughs) as people. And that's why I started with the lawyers, because I think I can add the most value from people who know they need to do it, but don't have any confidence their their strategies lined up. And lawyers are big on strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of that is, you know, a lot of times law- lawyers do want to it, operate on a fire and forget mentality. Lawyers want to be able to say, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it in place. I'm yep. going to hit, hit the on switch. And then I'm going to go back to working on my cases. Right. And they don't, they don't want to be an expert on this. Yep. So that's, I think, I think this uh, fits a very interesting niche and I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And Dan, I, I want to thank you for joining us on the, the podcast today. Thanks. This was really fun. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll have to catch up with you. And if anyone in the audience wants to contact Dan, his information is on the blog post that will be accompanying this podcast. You've been listening to the Legal Technology Review, and we'll talk to you next week.